what's going on everybody cheers happy wednesday and welcome to the with her two hands podcast where each week we celebrate the women who build fix and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands i am your host bogey i am a master auto mechanic by trade but i'm a huge fan of seeing more women in all of the skilled trades across the industries and this series is about celebrating women in all of those different skilled trades we've had women on who are helicopter mechanics auto mechanics uh, plane mechanics, construction workers, electricians, welders, pipe fitters, you name it, we've had them on here. Um, all incredibly badass women. And generally speaking, women in the trades do not get a light shown on them nearly enough. They don't get their praises sung nearly enough. And so that's what this series is about. So I am grateful for every one of you who is coming back every week to check out these women and hear their stories. Anybody who is new here, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a very special guest for you this week. I'm super excited to be sitting down with. This could be epic. This could be catastrophic. Um, it could be hysterical. I don't know what this is going to be. We've got two New Jersey girls in the same room together. This is real virtual room, not actually in the same room. That would be even more insane. But two Jersey girls. I'm from New Jersey. Tonight's guest is from New Jersey. Uh, she is a journey woman electrician. She is a huge advocate for women in the trades. Um, and I am very excited to meet her. She also has a podcast of her own. Um, and, and maybe, maybe I may wind up on her podcast at some point in the future. So, you know, you'll have to check that one out too. But for now, um, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to do a quick thank you to our sponsor for this evening's episode. We couldn't do this show without them. Big thank you to Drive Time. Uh, they are a huge advocate for women in the trades as well uh, within their organization, as well as behind the scenes. They do a lot to create opportunities for women within their business um, and just creating opportunities for young technicians to come up in general and help find their, their home within the automotive aftermarket. So if you're looking for a job or a career path or a place to call home, go check them out. Um, but for now, we are going to dive in. I'm going to bring Miss Leah Lamella on and you're going to get to meet this other Jersey girl. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I've, I've left Jersey. You're still there. What part of Jersey are you in? Uh, right now I'm in Halden, Patterson area. So Northern oh. New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So we're but from a similar area. I grew up in Ocean Township. So okay. down by the shore. Down um, the shore. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up um, in North Jersey, like right outside of Manhattan. So like, ah, I, yeah, I'm Essex, Essex County. Grew up in yes. North so, Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right. So tell the fine folks at home who you are, what you do currently, and then, and then we're going to dive into stuff, but uh, just in a nutshell, who are you, Ms. Leah Lamella? What do you do? Uh, well, I'm an electrician. <laughs> I have the podcast Sparky Life, and I'm an evangelist for the skilled trades. I love everything about the skilled trades and really feel that the skilled trades changed my life in a miraculous way and helped me become the woman that I am, that I always was and didn't necessarily didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can relate to that. Uh, so then let's go back in time. Like what happened? What was your life before you found the trades? Pre-trades. What was, what were you doing? Oh, wow. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I am a professional in career uh, discovery. So <laughs> I've had Ooh, like- I like that. That is a very nice way of saying that. Seven careers in my lifetime okay. uh, so far. But I think this one is the one that's uh, a forever. <laughs> of career discovery. Okay. Um, do we get to run down? Do we get to hear what all of the other careers were? I've been. Are they like all over the board? Yes. I've, I've been a um, vet technician, yep. a phlebotomist, dialysis technician, okay. medical esthetician. Uh, I worked for as a like kindergarten. As a teacher's assistant. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> so a little all over the board, always kind of in like caretaker kind of nurturing positions, it seems though, like vet tech, phlebotomist, even, even with kids, like those are all very like nurturing kind of things. And then full switch, being an electrician is not that. No. It, <laughs> <laughs> was that the appeal? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. The appeal was the money. That's how that started. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was the money. That that was the appeal at the time. I was living in a woman's shelter and I had lost everything. Okay. So oh, wow. ground ground zero, and I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" I don't. Can I curse? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is nothing is off limits. Yeah. No, nothing okay. is off limits. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, and. I I needed to survive and the skilled trades has amazing salaries yeah. that I don't think many are privy to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do do you mind tell, talking about how you wound up there or are we skipping past that? No, no not at all. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I'm a domestic violence survivor. So I was, this is, this is the kind of get ready. Cause we're going to take a couple turns okay. and shit. So <laughs> okay, good. we like that here. We like that. <laughs> yeah. So I was working in Massachusetts at the time okay. and I was at the peak of my career as a medical esthetician. I had over a decade of experience and I really wanted to own my own facility. The laws were changing and you needed a nurse practitioner's license or an MD in order to have a facility and operate it. And I knew that my choice was either find a partner that had those credentials or for me to get those credentials. So I was toying with the idea of going back for a nursing degree. And I didn't want to just jump back into college because my college experience wasn't positive when we're talking about career direction. So college was great for the culture, for studying abroad, for, you know, learning about different communities and being exposed to different things. Yeah. But regarding any kind of guidance for a career, <laughs> complete shit show. Okay. <laughs> like, um, and I have tons of college debt. Lots. Yes. So I was like, okay, do I really want to make more debt for myself? And right. that's when I started to do phlebotomy, dialysis technician, medical assistant, because I was like, I, I need to be in the environment, right? Like I need to work into a, a hospital yeah. and see what is this look like? Cause I'm going to have to do this if I want my nursing. Yeah. yeah. And while I was there, 
a high school sweetheart reached out to me on Facebook and proposed. And so I moved back to uh, New Jersey and he was in the commercial fishing industry and, and being somebody who has opened businesses prior, I saw a need and I opened out um, opened up Out East Fishing, which was specialty rods and rigs. So it was commercial wow. gear for enthusiasts of fishing. And unfortunately, that relationship was extremely dangerous and toxic. Um, and I ended up having to flee the state oh, wow. for my life, like oh, literally. Uh, but the upside is... I always say that that was the probably worst thing that's ever happened to me and the best thing that's ever happened to me because I don't know that I would be where I am today if that hadn't occurred, if those things didn't unfold the way that they did. I certainly would not have stepped into the skilled trades. I didn't even know it was an option for me Hmm. as a career. I didn't think that it was even a possibility. Yeah. Wow. So thank you for thank you for sharing and being willing to, <laughs> to share that. I know it's it, it's not always easy to share. I know you've talked about it a bit in your podcast. Um it, it's it definitely not an easy thing to do to get yourself out of that. So I just want to acknowledge how much it takes to do that. Um and yes, if anybody at home is is dealing with a similar situation, like there are resources and and there are people out there and um we'll I'll make sure to put some stuff in the in the comments below about dealing with that. Um, it's definitely no small thing to get out of that. But to your point, and I've actually spoken with a couple of women on this show, in fact, who've had similar situations who say similar things as you, like as awful as it was, having survived it, that was the catalyst that put them in into something different, better, more um, that that they may not have had that opportunity to do otherwise. So, um, so I'm grateful that you got out of it, and I'm grateful that the trades found you and that you found the trades because you've been an asset to it, <laughs> to the trades. So, I'm um, grateful for that. So, how exactly does that happen? You'd not been exposed to the trades, you didn't know anything about them. You're in a shelter. Yes. What brought it into your field of vision to then pursue? Like what what brought the skill of trades to light for you? Like you said, a lot of people don't know that there's great career paths in the trades. There's great money to be made. How did you find out? Okay. I just <laughs> want to quickly say yeah. that I really feel comfortable talking about domestic violence. And I feel it's really important to talk about that type of thing because of the stigma and stereotypes and the women or men that are in situations like that, you not only will survive it, you can thrive after it. So through my experience and growth, I really wanna take away the taboo of it And I also want to say that I had behaviors and characteristics that made me a target for as a, that made me exhibit signs and behaviors like prey. So 
it's important that people know that so that you can assess your behavior and your characteristics and make sure to protect yourself mm. because I was doing things that I didn't know was making me a beacon for predators. And I'm not saying it's my fault. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying you need to acknowledge this so that you can ensure something like that doesn't won't happen ever again. happen. Yes. 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 Now back to your yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for saying all, all of that. Thank you for saying all of that. And I, I I think it's really easy. The taboo of it, I think, is so important to to dispel. I think it's really easy to judge women who are victims of domestic violence, who have survived it and and say, oh, I've I, that would never happen to me. Um, uh -huh. and, and it, it, it would happen to anybody and it can happen to anybody. And you'd be surprised how many people have had experiences with it that you may never think. And, and the more we talk about it, the more we share, the more people know that they are not alone. Um, yes. I, I fortunately was never in a physically abusive relationship, but I have been through some very seriously emotionally abusive relationships. And, um, you know, you don't think you're going to be the one who ends up there, but then you do. And there right. you are. And you're like, wow, okay, this is, it's, it's hard it's hard and anybody can find themselves there. Um, and so we definitely need to talk about it more so people know that they are not alone. And yes, you are absolutely right. You 100% can thrive afterwards. You can, you can be incredibly successful afterwards. You can get through this and you are not alone. Yes. You're not alone. Yes. So hundred percent. Yeah. So how did you get to thriving? <laughs> you got out of it. How did you get okay. to the thriving? <laughs> so I did the whole living in a robe, living out of a shelter, lost everything. And I was a shell of a person. Yeah. And my brother-in-law was like, why don't you try the skilled trades? And I laughed. And he, he said this because I, I, I love fishing. I, I'm creative. I love sculpting. I love painting and doing things with my hands and building. And so that's why he mentioned it. Okay. But I never associated those qualities with skilled trades. Um, and when he said it, I laughed because I was like, with what money? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> right. Because immediately my thought process is like, the only way is to go to school, right. which then means money, which I have currently none. <laughs> right. like, have you noticed where I'm living? Hello. <laughs> and I swear the universe works in mysterious ways. He heard on a podcast about an all women's trade school that was offering full rides and I wow. applied and I got it. And that's how that started. So while I was in a woman's shelter, I was going to tr oh trade school. Oh my gosh. School. Okay. Yeah. I need more information about an all women's trade school. How have I not heard of this? Where is this? What is this? Tell me more. <laughs> so unfortunately the program that I was with, they didn't survive. Oh didn't... no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, but however, <laughs> very side note, uh, there is a group currently that I'm speaking with, collaborating with regarding education and schooling. Uh, so I can't go into much detail right okay. now, but the goal is to create something similar and being exciting. able to, because it, it, I, the women that taught me 
the people that were there and how they followed through. It wasn't just like, oh, here, we're going to teach you for your certificate. It was, we're going to identify contractors that welcome mm. women, that welcome a positive culture environment and support having more women enter into the skilled trades. Then we're going to set you up with these interviews and follow through so that before you top out, you have a job. Amazing. The I spent over six figures to go to college. Not one college counselor, not one teacher, right. not one professor held my hand and said, hey, you want to be this? These are your network. This is connections. This is we're yeah. going to set you up with it. None of that. No. And so, well, to be fair in the trades, that generally doesn't happen either. Yes. Well, that's what I've, I've learned. I've learned that doesn't happen. No, you, you, <laughs> met, you managed to land into like something amazing. Yeah. Um, Cause that's yes. incredible. Yeah. And if you're going to try to create something else along those lines, like I know you can't talk about it much yet, but I'm already excited, which means once it's happened, because it's going to happen, we're going to have you on again so you can share all the details. But also, I want to talk offline because I don't know how I could support you. Um, <laughs> but that's, yes. in that's incredible. So you like literally had somebody holding your hand through this whole process and getting the whole thing to, to get you into a job. Yes. Yes. Amazing. And, and they, they built a network where they identified contractors, you know, that, and, and look, some of them wanted to tick the box. Sure. Okay. It, it is what it is, but yeah. more importantly, they wanted to uphold an environment that would support maintaining female presence. So a lot of the experiences of women that I've spoken to that I'm sure you've spoken to that has entered the skilled trades the environment was so toxic yeah it was literally dragging yourself to an environment that just was felt like an attack yeah. all the time mm -hmm. i didn't get that and if that's all you see when you first walk in why the fuck would you stay well, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like those who are fortunate enough to wind up in a in a good shop environment. And there are there are more there and are. more of these good environments where they do embrace diversity, where they are genuinely interested in having a, a diverse workforce. But if you don't land in one of those places as your first or second job, right? That's why we see women at three or four years leaving the trades because yes. they're like, screw this. I really enjoy the work, but the rest of this crap, this is not worth it. Yes. Yes. It's all the difference in the world. How incredible that you like stumbled across it. So you're, it was your brother that, that point that showed you this or cousin? You My brother-in-law mentioned brother -in -law. Okay. that he heard about this uh, trade Crazy. school. And on a podcast and amazing, what you know, the scholarship or the free ride they were offering. Yeah. And I, I, I applied, I had nothing to lose. So yeah. I applied and this amazing woman, Jess, she was the director there and she's just an, a phenomenal human being, how she That's would incredible. fight for us and encourage us and train us. I didn't know how to me like measure. I didn't know how to use a measuring tape. <laughs> you, most people don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was so intimidated and I, I stepped in such 
a supportive environment. Like they were, and I'm, I'm dyslexic. Uh, school okay. has always been horrific for me, academic torture. And I always thought that I was horrible at math. I'm not horrible at math. <laughs> I just never had to do math physically, like, you know, put numbers in and measure shit and like never before right. in my life. And then as soon as I'm doing that, it clicked. Yeah. I'm great at math. I get gas at math now. I love math. I never in a million years would you ever talk to previous me and, <laughs> and have those words come out of my mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still suck at math. Um, <laughs> I, I used to love math when I was younger. And then I had a bad teacher that took the love out of it for me. And, um, but it, it's interesting, like they don't teach you the application of it. Right. And I think that's where it gets lost. Like where we lose that interest. If I had known how much math I was going to use in building cars. Yes. Um, I would have paid more attention. I suck because I am still that person reading the tape measure that says it's 12 and a half and an eighth. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because you make it work. And that's what matters. I do matters. make it work. That's what matters. That's what matters. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you got really lucky with this program because, gosh, having knowing nothing yeah. coming into this, like, the odds of you staying in it were, were pretty slim otherwise, right? Like without having that opportunity. I, you know, I, you don't know in, you know, the, I didn't live that. I only lived sure. this, but I yeah. certainly believe that if I didn't have the support of those women and that school that I don't know, I would have gone as far as I have. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have fallen in love with electricity the way that I have. As I was in the women's shelter, I would go to the trade school and then go to the library. Yes, people still go to the library. <laughs> Granted, it's because I there weren't many options at right. that point. Okay, like, <laughs> but I basically swore to myself that what happened would never ever happen again. And I was going to figure out why it happened, how it happened, and everything I could do to ensure that it would never happen again. And through that process of studying electrical, building, um, going to counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, doing all the research I could possibly do, involving myself in groups, really just created this incredible growth. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was not fun, <laughs> but it was an incredible ride. <laughs> I, I like the way you say that with a smile. Um, <laughs> the change is rarely fun, um, but uh, most of the time worth it. <laughs> so worth it. So worth it. I love it. So why electrical? Why uh, electricity well, I, why electrician was it was the trade school that you were at strictly for electricians or was it a smattering of everything and electricity is what drew you it had carpentry plumbing and electrical and they okay. didn't have welding but they did introduce you to iron work in the sense of okay. like this is what that would look like if you're interested in this we can take you to the local union or we could take you to this uh, welding facility and you can test it out or see if 
you want to do that. So those were the main things that were presented. Yeah. And I sucked at carpentry. (laughs) Bad, really bad. I mean, (laughs) I think I'm pretty precise, but oh my gosh, like in finish work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Plumbing was fun. Okay. But with electricity, I was like, the power. I am Magneto. <laughs> I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the math. I loved the science. I loved what electricity brings. I know what it's like to live without water, electricity. I know what it's like to live without a roof over your head. And the worst of humanity comes out when we lose these civilized basic things. needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wow. so, yeah. I love that. I love, I love the 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 depth of where you went with that. Like there's there's the trade itself, but then also just the power of like the impact of what being an electrician is and what it brings to the world and what life looks like when you don't have that, right? And um and having experienced that, it's really that's that's a powerful statement in and of itself. Like what you just said is just huge. I love that. Um, I like it. Okay. So, so electricity speaks to you, you understand the need for it and, and the value for it and the impact of it. What, how did you wind up like what, what path? Cause there's lots of options. There's different types of being an electrician that you can do. So tell me what happens next. Um, my first, job in an electrical company was with building automation. Okay. And I fell in love with building automation. I was like, basically it's Terminator, one little device talking to another little device with, you know, the device is not trying to kill you. <laughs> a positive thing. Yes. <laughs> Explain for people who may not know what building, including myself, building automation means. Is that like smart home kind of stuff, but for co- commercial buildings? Like what is building automation? Yes, so that's exactly what it is. Think of a building as a the anatomy of a human body. Right. Everything inside of you talks so that everything can work efficiently. And building automation is all about making the devices work efficiently using electricity efficiently. Uh, That's the whole purpose. And there is smart homes that's for your residential world. And also schools are looking into doing building automation just because the amount of money that you save regarding utilizing these devices. And commercial, I was primarily in commercial and industrial settings. So data centers was my hub. Interesting. That's a very specific niche to to end up in. And is that just because of where your first job happened to be and who was was looking and willing to hire women and (laughs) all the rest? Yes. Yes. I, uh, the, the company that I worked with, they were union. So when I got hired, I didn't know what a union was. <laughs> I didn't, I, I had never been exposed to it before, yeah. but I really loved the building automation and the building of the panels from the ground up, how all of the panels, it, 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 it 
reminded me of medical aesthetics in the sense of the, the human body and anatomy. Yeah. I was very intrigued by that. And I love the idea of conserving energy and efficiency and, and how powerful that really is. And they said that the IBEW uh, had an apprenticeship program and that I should go for it. So that was the beginning. And then in the apprenticeship program, you get sent around to different companies. You can't stay in just one place. Okay. So I left that company and started with another. And that was my experience then when I went into more of your construction, like straight okay. up construction. Okay. MC, lots of fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Down and dirty. All you know? right. Pouring sweat, no air conditioning, nothing up in a ceiling, wiring. Like it was, it was fun. I feel like there's some hesitation in the you say it's fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, once you get past fun. the swamp ass and, you know, <laughs> just, just mindless numbing repeat that's that's the thing you you do something and then you repeat it like bending mm. conduit in the beginning i was so excited to do it i couldn't bend three-quarter conduit in the beginning okay. I, I couldn't even carry a bundle in the beginning uh but now no problem you yeah. learn you get stronger as you go and but once you kind of master it or you feel depending on what your passion is some guys are just holy cow women some women i yeah. mean masterful at it masterful the symmetry is just mind-blowing they look like robots did it it's crazy uh i wasn't in love with it as much i like more of playing with the circuits okay fair i like more of the troubleshooting problem solving i want to fix it kind mm -hmm. of idea uh, how can we make it better okay. and the conduit when you bend conduit it's about finding the right path it's about aesthetics mm. it's about code you need to understand the code okay and some of some of these craftsmen and craftswomen the tools it's like an extension of their body it's incredible absolutely incredible to watch them work i would be like and I remember telling my first journeyman, I want to move like you. And he's like, time. It will take a lot of time. <laughs> he had like three decades in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Interesting. So more like the, the creative side versus the diagnostic side and kind of building versus the the like the pure electrician work like working with electricity versus working with the, the building materials seems like it's kind of two separate two separate things but they're both considered part of electrical. the same like uh, okay yeah interesting there's so ele electrical is vast right it's yeah it's the install so basically pulling the wire running the wire mm -hmm. knowing what wire what size, the conduit, the pathways, the code, the building orientation, the blueprints, the schematics, all of that. Yeah. And then the devices, you have to understand, which when I, when I thought of what an electrician was before I was an electrician, I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, like the outlet. <laughs> like, right. Like, like, <laughs> 
that's what it is, right? Like you put this wire into that and it goes on. <laughs> no, <laughs> not like that. Electricians are not just masters of electricity. We have to be mecha mechanically inclined and mm -hmm. we have to understand electronics now, especially yeah. now because things yes. have developed on such a level. So you're marrying those three different elements together. Yeah. And that is really fun. It's just, you're, you're always learning. <laughs> so besides the building automation, you've got industrial plants, you've got linemen. That's mm -hmm. completely separate, totally different. Like yeah. uh, right now I'm in fire alarm. I switched. Okay. okay. Life safety. So. I want to I want to get to that. I want to hear about that, but I don't want to jump ahead in your career path yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I have to say, I'm like, I'm not I'm not necessarily surprised that you excelled at this, given your background in in medical and and that kind of stuff, because I think like I always felt like even as an auto mechanic, my customers who were in the medical field, whether they were nurses or whatever, anybody who had any understanding of the human body they were the best customers because they understood how systems work and they understood mm. diagnostics and they understood test plans and, um, and, and following things through a logical course of, of action. Right. And, um, and it's the same thing, right. You're doing it the, even the way you describe the building, like a set of, of human systems, right. It makes sense that you excelled at this. And it's so interesting to me. It's like this crossover of skill sets that our society likes to put things into gendered roles, right? And it's the same skill sets. They're the exact same skill sets, right? Like I, I make the analogy all the time of a woman who I knew who was a, a she was an amazing cake decorator. First time she took up TIG welding, she excelled at it like nobody's business oh. because it's the same skill set, hand-eye coordination, right? It's that same thing, but we put these genders on them and we put people down different paths. But the, the skills that you developed in the medical world, the exact same skills that you're utilizing and developing further in the electrical world. So it's, it doesn't surprise me at all, but it's very interesting. I... I now that you say that, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. But it surprised the shit out of me. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, it, in my head, I thought they were completely different worlds. And yeah. in, in your day-to-day, -day, I mean, medical yes. aesthetics, I was surrounded by females. My majority right. was all women. And I, you know, got all dressed up and wore heels and worked with <laughs> lasers and, um, you know, aesthetic treatments, you know, the fun so stuff. <laughs> that had to be some crazy culture shock for you. So yeah. I have so many questions. Like, did you, did you like working with all men? Did you miss working with all women? What were the pros and cons of both? Do we want to go there? Like you've, you've done both. <laughs> so I was so self-absorbed when I walked into electrical. I didn't even like mentally factor in that I'm going to be working all with men. Because I was okay. so concerned with doing a good job and that I, that I, you know, performed well and that I would, I wanted very badly to show that I was there for a reason mm -hmm. and that I was valuable to them. And so I was, I, I didn't even process that like, oh, it's going to be a completely different dynamic until 
a couple days in. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, crap. <laughs> and it was like, okay, things are different. I need to approach things differently. <laughs> Interesting. Because you would come from all-female work environment. Then you'd come from this really supportive, nurturing, all-female trade school. And then, boom, union, like, boop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Totally. So what was that couple of days later? What was that like wake up call like for you? What was the experience? I was like, I need to learn how they communicate. Mm. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I'm, I'm rough around the edges. I, you know, New Jersey, of course, yeah. right, right. I've got a, you know, dirty sense of humor. So like all of that, no problem. Copulates. I get it. Like it doesn't bother me anyway, yeah. but I couldn't get upward mobility. I didn't understand why they weren't seeing my value. Hmm. And I realized that there, there, there was this communication barrier in a way that I was, I was doing behaviors that in a female's very nurturing, um, you know, women don't like to brag. Women hmm. d look, don't like to be, um, grandiose and typically minimize our success on average and that doesn't bode well in a male dominated space it 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 makes you look like you don't know what you're doing if you don't say yes i did a great job and it was very hard for me to say yes I did a great job. I would automatically default to congratulating the team mm. and supporting the team, being very collaborative, being very team oriented. And the structure is more imperial. It's, 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 you know, you follow, you're supposed to go by scale, right? So you have a boss, they have a boss, and you're supposed to follow that lead and not step on anyone's toes. And when you have that type of structure, mm. the way you communicate leadership is different than in other environments. So I started to study what were the leaders doing? How were they performing? What did they say? How did they respond? And I read the book Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards because literally my life was consumed with reading books and studying. That's all I did. Okay. It's going to be it. like, I will be the best electrician in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like All I did was work and read. And that was okay. it. And that book changed my career trajectory. I 100% believe I gained all the success that I did and was started to be seen as a great electrician as opposed to the girl in the shop because of that book. And Interesting. I'm going to have to look that up now. I'm, I'm curious because I feel like there's, I, I hear people kind of go back and forth on this. Like I, I was speaking with somebody recently and I'm blanking on who it was. It said that, um, that, we don't need to change for the industry. The industry needs to to adapt and change to make space for us. And um, and that you know, I as a woman, I shouldn't have to act like a man in order to be successful. Um, there's like this back and forth on like, but then there's also 
understanding how the systems are working and understanding the process that you're stepping into and how can you make change if you can't get anybody to even listen to you and how can you be taken seriously? And so um, can you can you talk a little bit more about it? Do you feel like you had to compromise who you were to no. learn this and to, to, to finally feel seen? Were you having I, to play a role? Talk to me more about it. I think that I made the mistake that most women make uh, okay. When we walk into a male-dominated space, we say, okay, we're going to lean into our masculine side. Mm. And what does that mean? That means being like one of the guys. You know, I let myself be gross. I spat. <laughs> you know, things of this nature. First more, like, told dirty you know, jokes more. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I always, yeah. always covered my hair and didn't wear makeup and kept my nails short. Mm -hmm. And I realized that... Uh, that didn't work and it didn't feel good and it's not who I am. I'm not, I have a masculine energy, but I also have a strong feminine energy and I need to appease both. I can't just live yeah. in one set way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that that goes back to, I don't think it's about having to be like a man in order to be seen. And I don't think it's about having the industry change for us, meaning women. I think that the construction culture sucks for men and for women. Yes. The guys were fucking miserable. Okay. In fact, I, so I was known as Tigger. I'd be coming in the day and I'd be like, this is magic. Look at all this shit we're building. We're incredible. You guys are amazing. This is awesome. And the guys were like, miserable. I hate my life. I hate, I hate my, my job. life. And yeah. I'm like, why do you not see how awesome you are? And it's because the, the, the structure in mm -hmm. construction companies, the leadership is terrible. It, yes. It's been like this generation and generation. All they do is talk down to the guys, treat them like a number. Yep. They don't cultivate teamwork. They pit them against each other. So it, it's not about women and men in my mind. It's about this particular construct, this, this type of career, the entities that run it, <laughs> they're their environment is bad and it, it, it's just it doesn't cultivate amazing craftsmen and craftswomen in fact the amazing craftsmen and craftsmen are in spite of it yeah so could oh you imagine can you imagine what would happen if the culture shifts and they take on thoughts like um simon simak Oh my God. I love mm -hmm. Simon Sinek. Anybody yeah. who doesn't know Simon Sinek. Oh my God. He is like one. I love him. Yes. So when he talks about, you know, <laughs> uh, the Navy SEALs and real leadership, I'm, I'm yeah. a big psychology geek. I love the human mind and, you know, things that Google did that made Google, Google, uh, any huge, trillion dollar corporation didn't get there because they treated their people poorly, <laughs> whether you like that industry or don't. Yep. So I think it's more about that. Yeah. I think that when you disturb the apple card, human nature, like you said it yourself, we don't like change. 
Right. It's hard on humans, period. Yeah. And so, when you're talking a whole industry or a whole set of industries, change is really hard. Right. So the key for me in my success was I didn't change who I was. I learned how they communicated because men and women communicate differently. We have different social settings and different structures and, and you know, how we would approach something isn't exactly the same. Some things are exactly the same and some things aren't. Yeah. And when I started to learn how men communicated in that environment and then started to speak their language, that's when my career really started to take off. And that doesn't mean I didn't have naysayers. It doesn't mean I didn't deal sure. with your dicks. You know, I had because well, sure, you're still within that construct that is not healthy for in a lot of ways for anybody, right? For male or yeah. female, there's a lot about the the skilled trades that is not a great culture. For hazing, anybody. they yeah. encourage a lot of hazing. Yep. which we all know is like terrible and doesn't work. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. But they still do it. <laughs> they still do it. And yeah, the skilled trades is, is I, I struggle with this and I'm curious how you handle this as an evangelist for the trades. And I obviously am a huge advocate for the trades as well. I struggle sometimes with the, like the conundrum of, I love my job. I love what I do. I love the trades and I hate the industries. <laughs> so much and and how they have been allowed to to be for so long with the hazing and with the the poor culture and um poor treatment and how how many skilled trades folks say i would never want my children to go into these fields i don't recommend that anybody go into these fields like how do you reconcile that for yourself okay so for me being uh, somebody who is career diverse, <laughs> uh, I dealt with unpleasant environments in other industries as well. So it's not like it's just construction. Sure. And the self-confidence, the intelligence, the creativity the innovation, the teamwork, the collaboration that can come, in my experience, only truly with the skilled trades. When you have humans building together, creating together, to physically see the growth every day, the camaraderie, that that outweighs the negative aspect. And also it's changing. Look. Yeah. People are, are smarter. I know it might not seem that way all the time. <laughs> I get it. Changes but, uh, slow sometimes. <laughs> but there's a lot of, like, the young guys, they didn't look at me as a female in the trades. They looked at me like a coworker. That's they awesome. treated me like a coworker. They didn't see any difference. That's and phenomenal it, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean... I have a dream. <laughs> uh -oh. I know in my heart that if we had construction companies and environments on the level that I'm thinking, uh, America as a country would just really bloom again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
Oh, hands and hands down. I am with you. Like I love, I love the industry, the skilled trades to the extent that it like is all that it could be. <laughs> but it's, yes. it's so not all that it can be at the moment. Like there, but there are more and more of these great companies and these great places where you can get all of that, the empowerment and the camaraderie and the teamwork. And, and the fact that our industries are struggling is the same reason why our country is struggling and why yes. it's going to all come to a screeching halt if we don't invest in the trades. And if yes. we don't fix our internal issues within the trades because world don't keep turning and functioning on a day-to-day -day basis without the trades people who make it function like hands down like but so yeah absolutely it it begins with a conversation so it's women like you that make the environment yeah upscale higher level demand these types of conversations like if you're not talking about it, then nothing changes. Nothing changes. Nothing. Nope. So you have to be talking about it. It's platforms yeah. like this. It's yeah. communities like this. This is how that happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and I, I too have a dream. I have a dream that one day we don't need platforms like this, that, that my Aww. job is no longer necessary, that this podcast is no longer necessary, that that your podcast is no longer necessary, that that the trades are just held in high esteem, that yes. everybody gets exposed to it, that there is men and women and everybody and, and life is good and that we're not seen in any different light whatsoever. That's my... <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. So we are amazingly running out of time. I told you this would happen. Time <laughs> time goes way too fast during this podcast. Um, so I want, I want you to tell me about what, what got you into doing your podcast and tell everybody where they can find you and how they can follow along on your podcast journey as well. Well, when I realized the men were not experiencing what I was experiencing, <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. Everyone should feel what I'm feeling doing this. Like this, this is wrong. They need to see how amazing they are. The women need to know about this as a path. Like how, how come nobody is telling the women, look, you can be an electrician. You could be a plumber. You could, you know, this is what this is. Yeah. And the stereotypes and the things that I thought mm -hmm. skill trade was and what it really is. I was like, this, no, we, we've got to open the doors here. We, we need to be having these discussions. And that's how Sparky Life was born. I love because it. I want others to feel as empowered as I feel when I do the work that I do. I love it. I love it. So how can people find you? Where can they find Sparky Life? And what can they expect here? All the the podcast platforms okay <laughs> sparky life on instagram it's a uh, sparky life of leah okay. and we are going to dabble into youtube we've had a couple of videos out but we're working on you nice. know making a structure with that and giving that a go awesome and uh you can expect to hear trade tales get some uh trade secrets uh, and hear from amazing people in our field awesome very cool. I love it. How long have you been in the trades now? Four years. My goodness. So you really like dove in 
like I knew you dove in head first, but I didn't realize it was that quick of a like you dove deep, fast, yeah. and passionately. I had, I had no life for three years. Like when I say all I did was work and study, I'm not exaggerating. And I did in three years what it takes most to do in four or five, and, um, and was able to achieve my Germany woman's licensing. I would say you achieved in three years what it would take most like a decade because not only <laughs> were you achieving journey women, but you were also pulling yourself out of living in a shelter. And now look at you like you're doing the most. So I, I would say you did you did a whole lot more in those three years than most people do in a decade. So I hope you acknowledge how um, how incredible that is. Well, the biggest impact is the recognition of time is the most valuable thing. So I have definitely sworn to never again waste my time. I'm on full speed, rocket speed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So given that, and that we are towards the end here, I've got to ask you the question that I always ask at the end um, is if you have the opportunity to go back and speak to little baby you, little Leah, what are your words of advice to her? Don't give up. That's it. Just don't give up, huh? Don't ever give up. Don't give up on yourself is really what it is. The old me uh, really didn't love herself didn't know who she was, didn't have any self-confidence and would give up on herself often. I think we, we all suffer from that more than, uh, more than we'd like to admit from time to time. And that's a uh, perfect words to end on. Never give up on yourself. I love it. You're phenomenal. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. Um, <laughs> I feel I would also like to acknowledge both of us because I feel like for two Jersey girls, we were pretty well maintained and pretty well behaved during this entire hour. We were, right? were we pretty good? I, <laughs> we I were thought, pretty good. Yeah, a couple <laughs> fucks in there, there, but <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I, I'm impressed because New Jersey girls, like if y'all don't know Jersey girls, we are a unique breed. We are mm. a different. We are a different type entirely. Um, there's two types of women in the world: the Jersey awesome girls age. and everybody else. Um, so, so yeah, we were pretty well behaved. But um, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I, I hope everybody at home has enjoyed meeting you as much as I have. We are definitely going to be staying in touch more offline. I want to hear more about all these fun projects you're up to, and you guys are going to have to cool. stay tuned because I'm going to be a guest on the sparky life in yes. the new year. So I stay tuned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make sure you go subscribe to her channel as well um, so that you'll get notified of when that happens. And I'll of course post about it as well. So make sure you're subscribed to all of the channels here. Um, and with that, I'm going to wish you a fantastic night, Leah. And I want to thank everybody at home. Thank you guys so much for spending part of your day with us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed meeting Leah as much as I did. She is just an incredible force to be 
reckon with. What great energy, hugely inspiring. Um, make sure you go check out her podcast and check her out on social media and follow along on her journey and throw her some love and support. Um, big thank you again to our sponsors, Drive Time, for helping make this series possible and for all that they do within their organization and behind the scenes to help support women in the trades. But most of all, thank you guys for being here, for helping us shine a light on women in the trades. If you like this series, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word. If you know any incredible trades women who should be featured featured on this channel, make sure you let me know about that as well. The more we get the word out about these incredible women, the more of these incredible women we will see rising in the ranks and the more it will be normalized and the less of an odd thing it will be when people come across women in the trades. And then one day my dream will come to fruition that I am no longer a female mechanic. I am just simply a mechanic where there is no need for channels that focus on spreading stories, the stories of women in the trades. And instead, we are just trades people, not tradesmen or tradeswomen. And that is my hope one day. And you guys are all a part of making that happen. So thank you all so very much. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. And until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. We'll see you later. Thank you.